This is More Than Therapy Podcast. More Than Therapy. And welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy. Today, my very special guest, Susan Bratton. Susan, you and I both know that the healing of a human is very crucial and that we have to heal in different ways, mind, body, soul. And they say that the body traps the, the wound, traps the score, and that we have to release the pain from the body in order to be healed. Today, you're going to speak with us regarding sexual healing. Yeah. I would sing a song, but my auto-tunes is broken right now. <laughs> I'm not sure auto-tunes helps that much anyway. I, I, you go ahead and sing that. Let's hear it. <laughs> sexual healing, sexual healing. That's all I got. That's all I it's got. It's good for me. It's good for you. <laughs> you got it. You got it. What made you want to be a healing agent as it pertained to sexuality? My own wounds, of course. Our greatest wounds can become our greatest gifts. I really love that saying. And I, I'm an intimacy expert. What I actually do is I teach passionate lovemaking techniques, bedroom communication skills, and sexual regenerative treatments. I explain them and how people can keep their genitals in good working order their whole life long. It's really the three legs of my stool. But the thing is that so many people come to their sexuality through trauma. So I'm not a trauma healer. I'm not a, a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I actually teach people how to transform having sex into making love. What I'm about is heart connected, passionate lovemaking. Because I do think that a lot of people get skewed along the way and they end up in areas of sexuality that can be dark, that can be lonely, and that so many people are in a space of wanting or even in a space of giving up their sexuality. And there's so much, so many different types of trauma sexually. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lack of, and this is something that people talk about all the time. They talk about, well, my parents were, you know, they never touched each other. They never told me about sex. We, they were very, uh, I'm not sure my parents ever had sex after they had me. You know, it was like a closed down childhood from an intimacy perspective. And I say to people, that's how almost everybody was. And you can't really expect your parents to do more than just teach you the basics, the birds and the bees, procreation and, and those kinds of things. It's not their job really to do that. Your sexual development is part of your personal growth. And some people have a personal growth mindset. Oh, I want to learn. And other people just stay where they are. They're frozen in time. And, and they're, they don't really want to know more for various reasons. And, and so really only about 10 or 15% of all people pursue sexuality as a part of their life, lifelong learning. So that's mostly the people that I help. But almost everybody feels like their parents did them a disservice. And when I say to them, they didn't, that's not their job, forgive them. 
and let that go. Then you're dealing with people who some percentage of people, and I think it's about 20%, cannot get over betrayal. So betrayal is a part of trauma and a part of it is feeling you were betrayed by your parents and you can't get over that. Some people never get out of that little stuck place, which is so interesting. Or they've been hurt by someone. It could be anything from date rape to sexual shaming of them. You know, oh, you you look ugly. Your your vagina is weird or your penis is weird and and they can't ever get over that. And then there are people who've had medical procedures where they've been it's been too invasive and they feel bad. Uh, big ones for trauma include religious repression and societal shaming. And we've almost all had some sort of those types of sexual traumas. So it doesn't even have to be the type of sexual trauma that most people think about with sexual trauma, which is uh, someone's, someone's raped you or someone's taken advantage of you or done something without your consent or what have you. A lot of it just comes from being human, growing up in a, a, a society that is sexually repressed and, and uses abstinence and fear mongering. Oh, we're, you're going to get pregnant. You're going to get STIs. Sex is dirty. You know, we get all that stuff. In addition to no names for our genitals, not understanding our genital anatomy. So the, the ignorance and the lack of knowledge combined with the repression and the shame it's a wonder we ever have sex. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Makes a lot yep. of sense, doesn't it? When you when you list it all out and you're like, wow. Yeah, how it do does. we ever overcome that? It does. And the fact that a lot of people have mental health diagnoses, a lot of people have addiction diagnoses because of sexual trauma, because of sexual shame, and because of some sexual pain and un unable to process it or let it go. Sometimes suppressing it so that they don't even know that that was the core factor that led to their current state of being. Yes. My mother, for instance, uh, maybe she'll listen, hope she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> she um, has suppressed trauma and didn't even know it was suppressed trauma. And then it was, it acted out or played out in her subconscious in adult life, which caused her much pain until she got to the bottom of it, you know, probably in her late 30s, early 40s, so that she can have a better outcome in life, a better place of being. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us, um, a lot of people, they drink to relax enough to be able to have sex because it's so edgy for them. And then there are people who even have difficulty feeling pleasure because pain is the place where they find certainty. And so pleasure can be very edgy. Being, uh, feeling like you want to run away, your your flight or fight response systems come up. You get uncomfortable and jiggly and jittery and you, you can't stay in the sensation of pleasure. You can't even sustain the sensations of pleasure. That, that also happens. And when you started out our conversation today and you talked about how for many of us, it's that enteric nervous system. The fact that the wounding is, is psychic and physical, that it's mind, body, and spirit wounding. It's all. It's just like, I have this I have this technique I call the magic pill method. And the magic pill method is 
what I noticed, I, I have a very large following. I'm very lucky to have that. And I sent out an email to my email list. I have an email newsletter and people get sex tips. They're on my, on my mailing list. And I sent out an email and I said, tell me what it is that's holding you back from having the intimacy that you want. And all answers are acceptable with one exception. And that is that you don't have a partner. I'm not talking about lack of a dating issue or what have you. I want to know what else is holding you back from having some something that you want so much. And it was interesting that people wrote back to me and a big part of it was sexual issues. Often there's their, their equipment's not working. I have erectile dysfunction. I have lubrication issues. I'm at, I can't achieve orgasm. I have delayed ejaculation. I have premature ejaculation. I, uh, it hurts sex is painful. I'm ashamed of the size of my penis. I, I have had uh, pain from childbirth that I can't get over. You know, they're just, there's just a lot of those types of things, but then there's also just general health issues. Uh, we've one of my, my partner has cancer or lupus or what have you, you know, uh, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. You know, there's a giant list of things that people suffer from that hold them back from having intimacy. And what I found, and, and then there was that big group of betrayal people, that 20% of people who just can't forgive and forget and move on. They just haven't been able to access resources that allow them to do that. And they live in the certainty of the, the victimhood that, that provides some level of certainty that they can't give up. And I, I thought about it and I, I remember I said, I said when I sent out the email, I'm not going to be able to reply to everyone because I know you guys are <laughs> going to get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. But as every one of them came in and I read them, I thought, well, that's solvable. Well, that's solvable. Well, you can work around that. Well, you can compromise and do these things for that. Well, that you can fix that. You can fix that. You can fix that. You can fix that. You know, there's a, but I thought, how am I, I went to bed that night and I thought, I can't fix everybody's problems because I don't have all the, I don't have enough time in the day. How can I teach a person to fish themselves? How can I give, you know, how can I give them their own fishing pool? <laughs> and that's when I came up with this magic pill method, which was essentially what I noticed was that when people, when couples hit a, hit a, a roadblock, there's an obstacle, a health issue, anxiety, depression, anything, they, they, they come up against that and they just stop and they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well, what do they need to do? And that's where I came up with this magic pill method, which is essentially you have to get together and you have to talk about what sex used to be like that worked for you. What do you miss that you're not getting now? What things could you still do? Even if the problem is intractable, if it's not solvable, and almost every problem is solvable, but or you can work around it or compromise. But if you can't, what can you still do? What's still on the table? And then how can you make a list of things that you both would still enjoy that are still on the table? Because often people think about sex as penis in vagina. Like sex is intercourse. And sex is so many things. Sex is holding and being held and kissing and eye contact and your heart's connecting and full body touch and petting and stroking and foot massages and sensual massages and erotic massages and verbal appreciation and pillow talk and i mean there's just so many that they're having fun with sex toys 
Uh, there are sex toys that now help people with who have erect erectile dysfunction, uncurable, incurable erectile dysfunction that actually help you still have intercourse, even if you're flaccid. I mean, there's amazing things out there. So I realized that what people needed to do is they needed to have a structured approach to talking about what they, what you, they used to do that they miss, what they could do now that they might be open to doing. And then between the two people, there's usually solutions and compromises and workarounds that should be pursued. All right, we have ED, let's go to a urologist. Okay, you've got loss of vaginal lubrication, let's, let's go to a gynecologist. Let's figure out how to fix the plumbing and things like that, because there's so many sexually regenerative treatments now that don't even cost a lot of money that people just are unaware of. And then once you have that, okay, somebody's really good at finding the practitioners and setting the appointments and getting Google Maps and driving us there. And somebody's really good at paying the bills and figuring out how we're going to do it and making sure we comply with the directions for the reparations of the physical problems and things like that. So you're going to divide and conquer. So once you begin to schedule dates where you begin to do the things you still can do together, you begin to touch again, connect again, have pleasure together, have joy together. Then you feel like, okay, my intimacy is not over. I actually have a very active sex life again, even though I can't do a few of the things I might've used to have been able to do, or I might be able to do them in the future, but I can't do them right now. And that magic pill method has helped so many people. And when I just lay it out that simply, people are like, oh yeah, I never really have, ever really thought about all that stuff. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. What I find is that when people have sexual problems, it's often not really that they have to go do these giant things with their trauma, though I would like to talk about different healing modalities because different people respond to different healing modalities and there are very specific things in the sexual sphere for healing modalities and most people are like oh i never knew i could even do that to fix myself so i do want to talk about that but what i find is that once people have this structured process what they just needed were some good ideas oh i never thought about trying a sex toy for ed oh you know it, it's just people need the information which is why i'm so thankful to be here with you because the people who are going to say healing my sexuality, yeah, I, I, I do need to heal my sexuality. Okay, what do I need to do? They're going to get that information. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Your practice, how do people get engaged with sexual healing? Do they, is there like a, a website that they would go to? Are they getting referred by their doctor? Is their therapist referring them? How do you get the word out? Besides podcasts, of course. <laughs> well, um, what I usually do is I, I do a fair amount. I do every sexual, every time I can get on a podcast to talk about sexual healing, I do it because even though I'm not the healer, I am pretty darn articulate and I've been through the process myself of healing my own sexuality. And so I can help people understand that they have these options and then they can go figure out how to get those options. Um, the different, on my website at betterlover.com, I have a series called Healing My Sexuality that I did with a somatic healer named Arielle Giaretto. She's one of those train the trainers. She goes around the world, literally. I always hear from her, I'm in Turkey, I'm in Denmark, <laughs> helping nurses, doctors, um, massage therapists, chiropractors, functional and naturopathic 
doctors, hormone doctors, anybody who wants to know about somatic therapy. So I think somatic therapy, because you, you, right at the beginning of this, we talked, you, you said healing the body, the body remembers, the body holds the traumas. And that's what somatic therapy is. And a lot of it's body-based release of trauma. That's what somatic therapy is. I'm sure you know, but we're talking to our, our, our listeners and viewers. Um, the somatic experience technique by Peter Levine, it used to be called the Peter Levine formula, is a hands-on release. That's one really good way to learn about it. And you can go to betterlover.com, look up sexual healing, find that video series, watch them and learn more about it. Whether you are the person who's been wounded or you're with someone who's been wounded, because you have to remember that most people are in relationships and when they've had sexual trauma, their trauma is affecting not just themselves, but their partner. Their partner may be triggering it somehow. What do you do when your partner is triggered? How do you support a partner who's been sexually traumatized? I mean, that's as, as important an aspect of healing sexuality as the actual work of the person who was traumatized. And a lot of people shy away from wanting to seek healing because they think it's going to be talk therapy. And they don't want to dig it all up. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to remember it. They don't want to go through it again. They don't want to get sick about it again. They just want to put it behind them. And the problem with that is that you never, you never put it behind you. Even after you've healed, it is a part of who you are and has informed your reactions and responses to the world. So it's better to work through it and embrace it as a part of what wounded you and makes you stronger through your awareness than it is to not want to dig it up. But I do understand that talk therapy isn't the right thing for everyone. And that's why I like people to know about the somatic experience technique as well, because your body's holding it and you can actually let it go without even having a conversation about it in some cases, which is quite interesting. There's another type of sexual healing that I think is also very, very important. And, and one of the things that I'll say about sexual healing is that for many people, they never seek professional help, but their partner helps them overcome the trauma. Most people are healed by the love of their partner, the love, the understanding, the willingness to work through shame and fear and triggers and upset and I remember that when my husband helped me so much now I've I've gone to therapy I've done somatic therapy I've done talk therapy and I've also done hands-on sexual healing with my husband and a big part of that for women is actually what I would call yoni massage have you heard the term yoni yes but I'm pretty sure I've heard it in an inappropriate term oh that's funny. um where, I'm, where we have a place here, a woman here who does um, steam, steam yonis. Yeah, yeah, yeah vaginal steaming, yoni steaming. The only time I really hear it prominently is when she's talking about yoni steaming. Yes. So the, the yoni or yoni, uh, that's a word, that's a tantric lovemaking word for the female genital system is Y-O-N-I. And the lingam, 
L-I-N-G-A-M is the masculine for the penis and testicles. And I, I like those words better than vulva and penis. They just sound sweeter to me, yoni and lingam. So I use them a lot. And yoni massage is very, very releasing for women who've had trauma. And lingam massage is very, very releasing for men, men who've had trauma. And it's because for a lot of us, we do store that trauma in, in the gut, in the abdomen, in the genitals. And when you massage that tissue, you're able to release the stuck emotional trauma and let it go. And when I was a young girl, my stepfather repeatedly sexually abused me. I have had near misses of date rapes. I've had a lot of sex that I didn't consent to explicitly in the era before consent. I got pregnant the very first time I had sex when I lost my virginity, even though I was using birth control, it failed me and I had an abortion at a very young age, 19 years old. Um, I've just had, I, I had a partner, I had, I had a lover once and I, I shouldn't even call him a lover. I had a date once, I had sex with him and he said, uh, get your things and get out. I'm never gonna call you again, you're no good in bed. And I thought at the time I was so, so ashamed by that. And, and I thought, wow, this is just such a mean thing to say to anybody. And it does take two to tango as we know. So, but I took it all on myself. It took me a long time to really ever find partners that I felt I could trust in the bedroom. It took me until I was in my forties to learn how to have orgasms from intercourse. Um, I've been growing my entire life as a sexual being, as we all do if we stay open to our sexuality. And so I've had a fair amount of my own traumas. I didn't even look at my own genitals until I was in my 40s. Now I'm 60 years old and over the last 15 years, I've really, 17 years or so, I've really massively expanded my confidence, my ability to hold sensation, my orgasmic potential, my ability to be heart connected and not dissociate during lovemaking. Um, I've really come a long way in all those things. I have an extremely pleasurable, comfortable, relaxed, turned on sex life with my husband of 30 years. And he's the one who really helped me get through all of that. I mean, I had some professionals here and there, but he's been the one every step of the way. So I come from the experience of, of getting whole myself and having had many types of trauma from a young age to an old age. And I think I have a lot of empathy for people and that's why I like to let people know that there are a lot of things you can do to Get that intimacy that we all deserve to have as human beings on this planet. I mean, if you think about having a great sex life, it's healthy. It floods your body with positive neurotransmitters and hormones from dopamine and serotonin to oxytocin. It, good sex can regulate your menstrual cycle. It can keep your, it can elevate your mood. It's a vascular event when you have orgasms that is very good for your heart, 
for your brain the the closeness the bonding the connection it's grounding it, it reboots your nervous system i mean there are just a lot of physiologic reasons why intimacy is important plus you feel loved and you have pleasure and so to not have that and to not strive to to, to remove the obstacles so that you can have that means that you are leaving a lot of your human potential in the closet in your lifetime and not getting it out to see the light of day. I mean, we have the love of family with a love of friends. We have good food and fun singing and entertaining each other and telling stories and partying together and, you know, community and all these, you know, the watching our children grow up and loving our parents. And we have all these things that are our humanity, that are the connection we have to self and other. And not having a good, rewarding, pleasurable sex life, you're missing something as good as food, faith, and family. <laughs> And that's why being willing to explore what traumas you've had and saying, yeah, I, I've been traumatized. Not, not thinking, oh no, I, I'm fine. I'm, I, it's, it's not that bad. I can get out. No, you know what? A lot of the stuff is pretty shitty, really shitty. And you can get through it. So that's why I want to encourage people to pursue these various types of things, hands-on genital massage, somatic experience technique, talk therapy. These are the three big ones that really help you forgive and forget because you never will forget it and it will always have inalterably changed you, but you can come back to your essential self before the trauma and remember who you are inside you before you were wounded and live and come to come from that place more than you come from the wounded place. But you must forgive your trespassers to do that. So a part of the therapy and the healing is forgiveness. And that's where 80% of people can get there and 20% of people can't get over the betrayals. And they are damaged beyond repair. It's betrayal and lack of forgiveness and compassion for your transgressors who were worse off than you were. That's really what allows you to rewrite your libido story and become whole again. And that's one of the things that I want to give your listeners is something at libidobook.com, which is a, a video and an, and, and an ebook that's downloadable that helps you rewrite your libido story. Uh, it's with my friend, Dr. Keisha Ewers. She's a tantric trainer. She's a doctor. She's a hormone scholar. She's a really incredible woman. And she and I did a conversation on how you can go from being traumatized and move through that to create the kind of relationship you want to have with yourself and partners that's wholesome and life-affirming and pleasurable again.
Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you for sharing that perspective. The people that you work with, is there like a particular population that's you're more, that you have more people that you work with, like the, a certain age range, a certain, who's your typical <laughs> working population, do you yeah. think, or does it vary a lot? I would say um, people around the world, in mm -hmm. every culture, from 19 to 90, <laughs> uh, have been in my world. And my world is passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills. And they're usually people on my newsletter or who come to read my articles or who watch my videos. And they come in from any different place and they find the thing they're needing to know at the time because sexuality is a vast landscape. And um, I would say most of the people that I work with are, and, and I don't work one-on-one -on -one with anyone. I, I basically give away or sell techniques. And one of the things that's great about sex, it, my job is really easy in, in a lot of ways where if I just tell you how to do a thing, oh, would you like to have orgasms from intercourse? Oh, would you like to fix your erectile dysfunction? Oh, would you like to, whatever it is, uh, get, give good oral pleasuring, <laughs> do a full body massage, you know, whatever it is. If I just tell you how to do it, you go, oh, okay, good. And then you do it and it works and you're happy. It's just finding the people like me and, and, and saying, oh, I liked her or, oh no, she wasn't my person and that's fine. Um, I really try to support all, all gender expression, all ages. I mean, I tell people how to lose their virginity all the way up to how to stay sexually vital in your 90s. <laughs> so <clears throat> wherever you are and however you need me, I try to be there for you in ways that you can pursue it yourself. You don't need me one-on-one. -on -one. You just need to find the thing that you're looking for that I've created for you and then enjoy. <laughs> all right, all right. The five love languages, what are your thoughts on that? I love them all. Um, I often think that people consider the five lo love languages such that they think they need to pick one. <laughs> well, I need, I, you know, I, I'm going to do acts of service or verbal uh, affirmations or what have you. And I'm like, I need all five every day. I like them all. I'm not, I'm not going to pick. <laughs> so I like that it gives people the idea of what to do. Oh, okay. There's five love languages. Let me work on being good at all five of them. And there are some people who prefer one a little more than the other, but you know, nobody's gonna turn down any of them, frankly. So I do think they're wonderful. And I also, uh, Gary Chapman, he's very, very good. And I also like um, John Gottman, Dr. John Gottman from the Gottman Institute, also very good, um, excellent at uh, teaching people how to be respectful of one another in relationship. And why the lack of, the lack of respect is often the thing that starts to create problems in a relationship. So that's very good as well. Indeed, indeed. Well, you put a lot on our plate, Ms. Susan Bratton, <clears throat> and you showed us a lot of information. I hope that people, I will, I know for sure myself, as I already have, go to your website as well as the other websites that you recommended in the podcast, which will be in the show notes. Yeah. Any words that you would tell the people to inspire them, to motivate them, to get them over that hump of seeking help regarding their sexual illnesses or their sexual 
<laughs> their need for sexual healing. Probably I know my, the reason I say that for myself mm -hmm. is that, you know, though I may not be a, a sexual being because of trauma in my past, I might, you know, may not be as sexual as I would want to be. And as a man, I might be like, well, I don't need to talk to anybody about that. That's just something I deal with or that's just who I am as a person. I find often that people put themselves in boxes or label themselves and stay there and define themselves by that. Yeah. How can you, what would you say or would you say anything? What would you say to motivate somebody to get out that box and expand their world? Two things. One, knowledge is power. So learning more about sex generally, about intimacy, about connection, about pleasure, sexual techniques. We're not taught sexual techniques. One of my programs that's a very, very good seller for me, it's probably my number one best-selling product, is called the Steamy Sex Ed Video Collection. I'd be happy to give you a copy. And the Steamy Sex Ed Video Collection has couples showcasing 200 advanced pleasuring techniques sensual massage, erotic massage, oral pleasuring, intercourse techniques, sex positions. I find that most people are either getting their sex ideas from erotic novels, from movies and television, or from pornography. And really, I'm very against pornography because it's very degrading to women. So I don't, I don't personally recommend it. And I often say to men, if you spent time just thinking about fa and fantasizing about sex while you masturbate, rather than watching pornography to masturbate, you become a better lover and you'd have more pleasure. You don't need to outsource your, your not, you know, your, your ideas of what sex is to someone else's gender. Then you're just a pawn in the game of the media business. But what I do like is for people to actually learn pleasuring techniques. And there are so many. And, and it, when you watch the, the video collection, you'd be like, okay, there were 200 and I only knew about three of them. Oh my gosh, I had no idea how few things I've even thought of. <laughs> so learning how to be a good lover and learning techniques, but not from pornography and not from television because they are very behind the times in equality of pleasure. So that's the very first thing. And then the second thing is solo pleasuring, self-pleasuring. Men are generally more oriented toward masturbation than women are. And that's because biologically, the man has to keep his sperm fresh for when he's called on by his partner to be available, even after menopause, et cetera. It's just kind of biologically wired into us. And so men are oriented toward masturbation, but women are not so oriented toward masturbation. And we're, we're taught not to touch our genitals and the drive is not so strong for us often to masturbate. So, because women have as much erectile tissue in our vulvas as our male-bodied partners do in their penis, but the penis gets full of blood very quickly, where the vulva is very slow to do what's called engorge, to get erect. So often women have had sex way faster than they should because they don't understand that they need much more foreplay to get turned on. And then they don't enjoy sex as much as their male body partners. And then they don't want it as much as their male body partners. And that creates a disconnect in the intimacy. 
So if women spend more time self-pleasuring and their partners give them the space and encouragement to do that, they have more satisfying sex generally. And I really like certain sex toys because they help with that engorgement, that blood flow, bringing blood flow to the genitals so she can achieve her orgasmic potential. And um, the kind that I like are the kind that go both internal and external so that you're getting the pleasure not just on the external clitoral area, but also the internal vaginal area and you're bringing all that blood flow in. This is a I'm holding up for Felipe, you can't see it if you're listening to the podcast, but I'm holding up a, uh, a vibrator by a company called Fun Factory that's called the Lady Buy. Oh, this one's called the Miss Buy. This one's a little smaller. There's a Miss Buy that's small, and then there's a, a Lady Buy that's large, a bigger one. Some women have different size vulvas. Um, and I think this is one of the very, very best things a woman can do is to have a good quality toy that gives them a lot of orgasms so they're having good orgasms they're getting engorged so that when they have an opportunity for intercourse it feels so much better and they have a more pleasurable time so it's also just really understanding how to make yourself feel good how to make your partner feel good learning techniques being a lifelong learner being open to your sexuality being comfortable with your genitals learning about them turning yourself on being good at turning yourself on so that you can get turned on when you're with a partner and these are but this thing about sex is it's all just learned skills some people are lucky enough to be able to have an orgasm by masturbation some people they need to learn how to do it. Some people are lucky enough to have an orgasm from intercourse. Other people just need the opportunity to learn how to do it. And so people think that they're supposed to be good and better. They're supposed to have these experiences or that everyone else is better than they are or they're broken or damaged or they've got a million excuses for why. When in reality, it's really just about learning how to do it and finding someone you trust to teach you. That's and, and that's what I try to do is I try to earn people's trust by having compassion and being available to people. Indeed, indeed. Can you tell people how to reach you via social media or website so that they can get this good information, this great information regarding their sexual growth healing? Yeah. Um, the, my main website where I've published thousands of articles over the last 15 years has all the list of all my books and all my programs, et cetera, is at personallifemedia.com. My website with hundreds of videos on all kinds of sexual subjects is betterlover.com. You can follow me on Instagram at my name, which is Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N-B-R-A-T-T-O-N. You can find the Magic Pill Method at magicpillmethod.com. And you can find the libido, rewriting your libido story at libidobook.com. Those are all the things that we mentioned uh, in this podcast and different ways that you can connect and engage with me. And I reply to every email. So if you're on my email list and you have a question, you can reply to any email I send and ask me anything and I will reply to you. I reply to everyone who writes to me and I have for 15 years, which is one of the reasons I think I'm so darn good at this. <laughs> I have good empathy and understanding of what people go through because they share their deepest, most private questions with me, which I'm, I'm honored to support. 
Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you, Ms. Susan Bratton. That was a wonderful, wonderful discussion. And thank you for introducing the listening audience to sexual healing and sexual growth. Be well, be great. So you're so good at this. You ain't even good. I'm glad I did. <laughs> you brought up a lot of key points that made me want to, you know, saying, get back to me and figuring out me and what's going on with me and being a better, more sexual being, but being sexual healthy. Yeah, yeah. Being more sexual healthy wise. Getting underneath the underlying issues of why I might have some of the things that's going on with me internally. So thank you for bringing that up. And I'm definitely gonna check out those sites that you um indicated. Also, I would have never have guessed your age. God, I, you know, y'all live in Cali. We always assume the sun aged out more unless you got, you know, extensive work. But God, you look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I do what I can do. It gets harder and harder, I have to say. <laughs> but uh, I always joke when people are like, oh, you look good for your age. I'm like, yep, that's orgasm power. <laughs> yeah, girl, that's what I was going to say. That sexual healing heals the whole body, mind, and soul, right? <laughs> yes, it does. It makes you happy. It makes you feel yeah. connected. Right. <laughs> and that's what we need. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving me the time today. And I do appreciate it. People doesn't um, understand the impact that, you know, people that come on these shows, they don't have to take the time out to be on these shows. So it's a gift. And I thank you for this gift. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to give my gifts. And I'm glad that you want to pursue your own healing because I know how much love you have to give and you're a beautiful man. And to not think that you're having the most incredible impassioned experiences makes me want that for you. So I hope that I've encouraged you to pursue that yourself. You have, you have. And thank you. I really do appreciate you. Be well, be great. This should be out in um, no less than two weeks. Great. Looking forward to promoting it to all my followers and fans. And let me know anytime you need anything. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye, Felipe. Nobody wants to let go, no, no Cause we know it's all or nothing Gotta work hard for something I'd rather be in this fight right here with you What we have is something special Nothing else compares to The love I feel inside for me and you Faithfully, promise I will be Never leave, I'll love you faithfully Damn, those 
Faithfully. Yeah, faithfully. 